Come, 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 
This is the Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's episode, or I'm sorry, today's, the topic for today's episode is going to be what critical thinking skills are. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. So, uh, this topic, I've, I've mentioned critical thinking skills ad nauseum throughout both of my uh, podcast channels. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine and... We were we were talking and he he listens to my content. Although given the amount of content I put out and given the fact that um I tend to ramble and wander because I'm not very articulate, you know, he the important stuff he might have missed, but he was telling me um he while we were talking, he wanted me to give him a brief explanation of what I mean when I say critical thinking skills. And it was then that I realized that I probably should do a topic covering what I mean when I say critical thinking skills. So,
I'm just going to say that like anything else that you do in life, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, everything that we do on earth has a spiritual component to it. You know, when when I talk agnosium about the spiritual life, there is a reason for it. It's not meant just to get you into heaven, although that's the most important part of it. It's also meant that the closer you get with God, the clearer and more concise your thinking becomes. Now, I'm sure there may be some of my regular listeners may be having a chuckle at that given some of the episodes I put out um don't let me don't let me be the uh, bad example what I'm saying is is just because I'm in an inarticulate ass does not mean that this is not a valid spiritual principle don't don't um don't get it twisted <laughs> um i am god's busted tool but if i if i if i say something is a valid uh principle then and in case I have any new listeners, if I say it's a valid principle, then I it's either been my experience or it has been something that I have read in the spiritual life manuals that are put out by saints and spiritual uh, religious priests and monks, nuns. So... When I say it's part of the spiritual component that critical thinking uh, uh, skills are, that there's a spiritual component to it, it touches on, and I'm going to get into this a little later, but it, the, the main things that are going to bar you um they're going to bar you from critical thinking skills um there 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 are three sins that are particularly prevalent in today's society and culture um now some of the things I'm going to be talking about the root sin the root sin to the three things I'm going to be talking about later are, is pride. Now there are seven deadly sins and um, each sin within itself, as I said in an earlier episode, is mixed in with other sins on a particular uh, sin that we may have. Because um, just like real life is messy, the spiritual life is real messy. That's why we can't do it on our own. 
we need um, Lord Jesus and the Blessed Mother's help for this. But the the root, the roots, uh, the 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 deadly sin that this is what I'm going to be talking about is all connected to is pride. And I know I covered this in one of my earlier episodes, but it bears repeating that the whole reason that a third of the angels and Satan got kicked out of heaven was because of pride. They viewed humans as, as basically shaved apes and thought that we were beneath them and that when God ordered them to serve and to help us and protect us, they thought it was beneath their station to do so. And angelic creatures are underneath the Holy Trinity, the Blessed Virgin Mary, angelic creatures are some of the most powerful creatures in the heavenly kingdom. But they forgot the most important lesson. And as angelic beings, they, for, they, forgot, they forgot this and they shouldn't have is that yes, they are above human beings compared compared to an angel, human beings are probably the equivalent of a chihuahua or um, a lemming you know, lemmings are pretty dumb, they'll follow one off a cliff so but they they the, the, the important part that they forgot though is is they're God's creatures too. And there's a reason why in the New Testament Jesus says to his uh, apostles and his disciples he says nobody is above the master. And Satan, you know, well I'm not going to say that he forgot but he he didn't want to submit to that particular uh, law of God's. And so for that trouble and, you know, um, for, for that trouble, he took a, the third, the, a third of the angels with him when he got kicked out of heaven in the ultimate destination of hell. But this is not... This is not necessarily a theology lesson because Lord knows that um, I'm, I, I don't have a PhD in theology and so I, I, I well, the purpose of this episode is, is not theological. It's uh, more spiritually inclined. So the principles of critical thinking skills are number one, 
not allowing emotion to cloud your judgment. Logic, reason, and detachment, a detached viewpoint. Emotion, emotion is going to blind you to the realities that are standing right in front of your face. Because anybody who's dealt with an emotional person knows they are not reasonable, they are not logical, they are not detached. It's all about the feelings. It's all about what they're feeling. And when somebody is working off of that um, mindset, you could, you could literally show them video proof that they're wrong and they'll deny it. Not because the logic, the, the truth is not there, but emotionally they don't, won't accept it as being true. That's why I keep hammering home the concept of cognitive dissonance. Because it's not about reason and logic and detachment. It's about, well, this is my narrative. This is what I'm attached to. Therefore, even though I've got pictorial evidence, video evidence, and audio evidence, otherwise, I refuse to acknowledge it as the truth. That's another thing, too. A second principle is... Critical thinking skills, God's truth is your end goal. And what that means is, is you're not going to allow anything on his earth, spiritual or secular, to get in the way of number one, recognizing his truth on earth, and number two, keeping you from practicing it on earth. A lot of people get it twisted and think that Klaus Schwab and his Masonic buddies are the only people on earth that are going to keep people from practicing their religion truthfully. Now, while that is true to a certain degree, Catholic history would beg to differ because the people who were martyred for Jesus Christ, the one true Catholic Church and the Blessed Mother, literally had pagan governments tell them Offer an offering to our pagan gods, which in the case of the Romans was the emperors, or we'll kill you. And obviously, not all of them, but a lot of people said, well, go pound sand. I'm not doing it. So what I'm basically trying to say is, outside forces are not only our biggest enemy. When it comes to that, we 
We are our own biggest enemy when it comes to that. Because, because we are limited, and what I mean limited is, is that we are born of the earth, our, because of original sin, we, we tend to take the what some in the church would call the carnal view, which is the natural viewpoint, or for my more politically minded friends, the secular viewpoint. They both mean the same thing, you know. Um, if if it doesn't comport to what we think it should comport to, and I'm talking about the truth, then we don't want to acknowledge it no matter how true it may be. Just ask any Protestant Vatican II sect member, Neotrad. But fidelity to the truth, I'm still on the second principle here. Fidelity to the truth, and when I say the truth, I'm talking God's truth is a second principle of critical thinking skills. Number three, not viewing things as you want them to be, but accepting and dealing with people and the world as they are. Now, to those of you who have a spiritual or are, are, are attempting to have a spiritual relationship with Lord Jesus and the Blessed Mother will know. If you do the rosary, one of the graces, and without looking it up, I couldn't tell you what mystery it's under. I could tell you this though, it's not under the luminous mysteries because Sedevacantists think that the luminous mysteries are heresy, therefore we don't we don't do the luminous mysteries. I'm talking about the, the three the three that are real and count. But um, they ask for attach, a detachment from the world. Now some people who may be a little shallow and superficial in their thinking mean that detachment from the things of this world means... Um, maybe being holed up somewhere by yourself and you you really don't have many many uh possessions that's part of detachment i i would say that they're they're partially right because part of detachment from the world is not getting too connected to the stuff, you know, the, the, the TVs, the iPhones, the, uh, the latest appliances, cars, whatever. That's part of it. And part of it also has to do with people. And I know a lot of, well, maybe if anybody with families listens to this particular episode, they're probably going to get PO'd at what I'm about ready to say. 
It also means detachment from people. And a lot of people who consider themselves Catholic think that detachment from, from people means if you're a monk or a nun. And if you're laboring under that delusion, I want to tell you that you are wrong. Detachment from people means that if a loved one is not acting in such a way that they should be, then in the case of like brothers or sisters or parents, you say, hey, you, you know you're screwing up. You should stop. But in the case of a spouse or children, that means if your kids are wrong, you discipline them. You discipline them. You know, a lot of people do not discipline their children. They operate under the stupid assumption, well, I'd rather be their friend than their parent. And then they wonder why the kids act up and act like little animals. There's your reason. And the spouse. Now, I know it's, it's huge in, in, in traditional or neo-traditional and set of contest circles that, well, I'm the man. I'm the man. The wife obeys. Now, that is a legitimate Catholic principle. However, that does not mean that you disregard your wife's feelings, and when I say feelings, I'm not saying if she's in the middle of the kitchen bawling because she had a bad day, that, you know, you, 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 uh, you encourage that. What I am saying, however, is because she is your spouse, you don't act like an arrogant a-hole toward her or your kids because you are modeling Jesus Christ Almighty for your family. Now, last time I checked, Jesus didn't tell his mom to go pound sand and he definitely didn't tell his disciples and apostles go pound sand. Now, I do realize that he did have to get sharp with uh, his apostles. Anybody who's read the New Testament knows his apostles prior to Pentecost were a pretty thick lot. And quite frankly, we shouldn't be uh, laughing at the apostles. I'll speak for myself. I'm a pretty dim person too. And I'm the type of person that I need a kick to the head to to get it through my thick skull that maybe a change of approach or a change of a way of thinking is what is necessary. But um, part of detachment from people is Doing things that you don't like doing 
and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about those of you with families, for the sake of your loved one's souls, even if it's very, very painful. And as part of the last... Um, the, 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 the last principle I want to get to about detachment is attachment, detachment from emotion. Okay? Now, in this regard, I could cut a lot of people slack. It's been bad over the past hundred years, but I would say over the past at least 60 to 70 years, it's been ramped up to where people are not taught detachment from emotion, um, logic, and um, reason. They're literally taught from their mother's milk to emote. Not to think, but to emote. They are literally trained up from babies, and I'm not disincluding myself in this, to be good little drones. To be good little unthinking, unquestioning drones in the new world order. The fourth principle is following the truth wherever it may lead you despite the consequences. Now, to my regular listeners, it may sound like I'm covering a, a lot of ground I've covered in the past, and that's true, but... When my friend was talking to me, I realized I hadn't combined everything in one episode of what I'm talking about. So try to bear with me. I'm hoping and praying this is going to bear fruit. Following the truth wherever it may lead you, despite the consequences. Now, I would like to say that that principle pretty much is... A basic principle. It, it's self-explanatory. But we live in an era of... Uh, instead of critical thinking, people emote. And cognitive dissonance is not just a... A... Uh, I don't know how to put this. It's 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 just, it's it's not just a character trait. It's an actual way of life. It's actually a way of life. There are people in the Vatican II sect who they see the heresies and the uh, blasphemies that get committed in the name of Catholicism on a daily basis or maybe, you know, if they've particularly got their head stuck in the sand um, on a weekly level at their local parish and yet still claim that the Vatican II Council is legitimate, you know, that, that the imposter church that they're going to is the real Catholic church 
and their pro- imposter priests and prelates and uh, the, um, the heretic-in-chief Bergoglio is an actual pope. This is what I'm talking about when I'm saying cognitive dissonance is real and part of cognitive dissonance is is rejecting following the truth wherever it may lead you despite the consequences. This is where it ties into the spiritual life. Anybody who's read the saints and the doctors of the church They tell you quite implicitly, life is not meant to be pleasant. Life is not meant to be enjoyable. We are here to purify ourselves so we can get to heaven. Everything else outside of that is secondary. And too many people want to play like this is some sort of um, abstract concept. Everything in the spiritual life is very concrete and is very real. And if you do not get to that point, um, I hope and pray that you do. The fifth principle of what critical thinking skills are. Having the courage, humility, and wisdom to admit when you are wrong and going about changing it. Now, amongst the secular crowd, if anyone admits that they're ignorant about a subject or admits that they are that they don't know something about a particular subject, they take that as an admission of uh, stupidity. Uh, they take it as an admission of weakness. Nothing could be further from the truth. Flat out, nothing can be further from the truth. Whether you recognize this truth or not, And I suspect a lot of people aren't going to because a lot of people live like, I mean, even people who think that they're Catholic live no different than their their neighbors or their, you know, uh, non-practicing relatives. In the spiritual life, humility is one of the key concepts Some people say outside of charity, humility is the second most important theological virtue. It takes a lot of guts when you're getting ridiculed and made fun of for admitting something that, you know, just just admitting a fact. You know, well, I'm not... I'm not very, you know, I'm not well versed on this subject, so I'm going to keep quiet. Or, um, you know, I don't know about this. I'll have to read up on it. It takes a lot of courage. There's a thing called moral courage, as long as I'm going to be on this subject. One of the 
one of the deepest flaws in our society and culture, and when I say this, I'm not just talking about America, I'm talking worldwide, is the lack of moral courage. The lack of moral courage. The lack of the will to do what is right despite the consequences. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. It's true. Most, a lot of people on this earth are moral cowards. I have more respect for a total heathenistic pagan who knows he's a total heathenistic, uh, I'm sorry, who knows he's a total hedonistic pagan who tries to do the right thing and obviously because they're a hedonistic pagan they're not always going to do it but they try then some of these self-satisfied self-righteous SOBs that call themselves sedivacantists and wouldn't know true Catholic spirituality if the mother Mary walked up and smacked them in the face The sixth critical thinking skill or principle, pride, hubris, egoism, and narcissism are some of the top spiritual problems with culture and society of today. And actually, if you really want to make it spiritual, these have been the top drawbacks from human society from the very beginning. You know, once Adam and Eve ate off of the, the tree of, of, of knowledge, that's that those those things that I just listed have been human faults or um, human sins. And um, but it's it's gotten real bad. I, I'm not going to bother speaking for other parts of the world, but in America, those four things, um, it's 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 not just a a way of acting, it's, it's a way of life. The pride. Oh, I've got 160 IQ. I'm the smartest guy in the room. Oh, that guy's got an 86 IQ. He's a dummy. He's a moron. I have a college diploma. I know all there is to, that I need to know about life and about things. Um, hubris, overconfidence. Well, I'm going to do everything myself, not just in the spiritual life, but in 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 my in my um regular life because um because. 
Even though I may be not be thinking this, I don't trust that God and His Blessed Mother have got my back and will help me when I least expect it. I've got to do everything myself. Me, 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 me. And by the way, I'm ashamed to admit this. Somebody in my life once told me, because he, he was talking to me and I said, yeah, God helps those who help themselves. And he looked at me and he said, well, no, that's egoism. And the reason why I'm ashamed, number one, I didn't like the person very well, so I didn't really pay attention. But number two, he said this back in 2004. It is 2022, and I didn't come to this realization until last year. And it's still something I have to work on. Egoism. Egoism. Egoism can be boiled down to, uh, along with pride, hubris, and narcissism, where you take credit for things that you have no right to take credit for. Now, like I said, with, with like Protestants and Vatican II types, and secularists, I can understand this. They're doing it out of ignorance. When Sedvacantists do this, it boils my blood and makes me want to shout and shake them because they should know better. We are put here to be the example for our neighbors, not to be the moral busybodies. But... I, I see this, it's especially prevalent online. I can't, you know, I don't have a huge parish church. For that matter, I don't even have a small one. But, so I can't say what happens, you know, on, on a ground side view of regular set of contests who don't use the internet as their uh, toilet to vomit their bile. But, they don't, I, I, as far as I can remember, I've yet to, I've yet to meet anybody who calls himself set of a contest, who doesn't, who doesn't admit to, and I think a lot of it is, is they probably never think about it. Everything that they are. Their intelligence, i.e. IQ, their looks, hot, bad, or indifferent. Um, their intellectual achievements, college, high school. Um, their loving families, if they have them. Or, probably... Um, some examples here, if they got out of a particularly hard um, life growing up in one piece and relatively a decent human being, 
Um, this one drives me absolutely. The people who take being a set of a contest for granted. That makes me want to do the scene from The Untouchables where Al Capone starts beating one of his fellow gangsters with a baseball bat. If you can't even realize what a gift you've been given, a grace that most people haven't even been afforded, and you're taking that for granted, if it'd keep you from going to hell, you deserve to be beaten with a baseball bat until you come to the realization, oh, wait. I've been granted this great gift, yet I'm acting like the world's biggest a-hole online. Their house, or their material possessions, cars, houses, jobs, all of these are gifts from God. They're not yours. As a matter of fact, you can't take them with you when you die. Either if, you were, if you're blessed enough to make it to heaven and you dang sure aren't going to take them to hell with you. They're gifts from God. That's why we are told to be good stewards of the things that God gifts us. And of course the narcissism. Everything is all about me, 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 me. Everything. You know, um, and like I said, it, these these four things, they're, they're not combined to people who consider them are confined, I should say, to people who consider themselves Catholics. They're also part of society and culture at large for at least the past hundred years. It's just gotten real bad over the past seventy to sixty years. Now, the seventh principle I kind of covered when I did the sixth. The, the, seventh, the seventh principle was having the spiritual maturity to understand that everything that you are are gifts of God. The eighth uh, principle, the critical thinking skills. The spiritual life is essential. I cannot say this enough. It's essential to critical thinking skills. Because remember earlier in the episode where I said, if you do not have a spiritual life, you're going to take a shallow surface view of things. Because you're going to be thinking naturally and not spiritually. Like everything else in this life, there is a spiritual component to everything in this life. The closer you get to God and His Blessed Mother and the Heavenly Kingdom in the spiritual life, the more your spiritual eyes will be opened and you will be able to, depending on the person, of course, and whatever level you're at, you will be able to see trends and currents that you would not otherwise notice 
Because when you're looking things at the natural, well, you're all worried about your sports ball. You're all worried about the politics. You're all worried about what the White House is doing. Blah, 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 blah. That crap don't matter. You know, I, I hope, I hope and pray you guys come to the realization, be, you know, before it's too late. Once again, I kind of covered in number eight, um, in number nine, not taking the shallow surface view. But the only way you're going to be able to do that is to develop a spiritual life, in case I need to repeat myself. Oh, let me see, where are we at? <coughs> number 10, the smartest guy in the room syndrome. Now, this was a meme going back to 2013-2014. Amongst a certain segment of a team that was in the NFL, American football, about their general manager. Because... um. This, this general manager, I'll, I'll try to make this as brief as I can. A general manager basically runs the team. He, he scouts for draft picks. He signs players. He's in charge of basically helping ba build the team. And this particular general manager, this was my favorite team at the time, had a reputation. Now, this is what other people were saying about him, okay? And some of the more astute football fans of that franchise were noticing that this guy, it was said, had to be the smartest guy in the room. Now, what they meant by that was is they would have scouts and talent evaluators who had forgotten more Oh, by the way, this particular general manager was a first-time general manager. He had never been a general manager before. But they had forgotten more about drafting good players or signing good free agents than he would ever have in his lifetime. And his basic attitude was, no, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Here's why you're wrong, da-da-da-da-da. Well, he lasted about four years too long before he got fired. But this is, this is a, a real thing in today's society and culture. Everybody, or I, I'm not going to say everybody, but most people are the smartest guys in the room, have to be the smartest guys in the room. And if you find yourself... If somebody's telling you something and you're disregarding it because, oh, I don't know, maybe they never went to college, maybe um, maybe they don't know what, or <laughs> they, you know, you, you view, you view, ah, you view them as ignoramuses, but you're not willing to look into the things that they're saying with an open mind, 
But you're just dismissing them out of hand because you know better. Guess what? That's the smartest guy in the room syndrome. You know better. Nobody can tell you nothing. You know better. By the way, Protestant sect, I'm looking dead in your eyes. You guys literally invented the smartest guy in the room syndrome. Well, I'm going to read my Bible the way I want to. Oh, I'm going to follow the faith what I want to. Nobody can tell me nothing. The, I believe, let me see. The 11th principle is not being so attached to an idea that if you are proven that that idea is incorrect, i.e. wrong, that you still hang on to it anyway out of sheer obstinacy, 10 cent word for stubbornness. The the next one is defending the indefensible. Now, in this case, I'm looking right at you, you neo-trad LARPers, and you neo-Catholic Vatican II sect members. Every time you defend the Vatican II Council, despite its blatant errors and heresies, and for you neo-trads, Every time you call a set of a contest a Protestant, but you say, well, we recognize Mr. Bergoglio as Pope, but we're not going to follow what he says. Guess what? Whether you know it or not, you're being hypocrites because that's what Protestants do. Okay? Traditional Catholic Church teaching you neo-trad LARPers is if you recognize Mr. Bergoglio as a legitimate Pope, if he tells you the sky is purple, you take it as gospel. Don't have to like it. But the set of we're actually consistent in what we believe because we don't view the Vatican II Council as legitimate. Therefore, from Roncalli on to uh, Mr. Bergoglio, we don't view them as legitimate popes. Okay? And for, for you especially autistic neotreads out there who say, Oh, certificantism is Protestantism and it's schism. Your own, the council that you recognize, the Vatican II Council, which you recognize, says that the Vatican II Council is a continuation of previous, the previous Catholic teachings prior to it. Now, if we are adhering to the Vatican II I'm sorry, the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church to try to use your gray matter. I know it's difficult. It really is. How does that make us Protestants? We're adhering to the teachings prior to Vatican II. And how does that make us schismatics? Because 
we are not recognizing a council that we find heretical, and to popes and hierarchies, um, hierarchs and clergy that we that we find heretical. Just give it some thought, there, guys, before you let your fifis. Remember what I was been talking about up until this point. Try, try, try detaching yourself from your precious Vatican II and doing some actual thinking and researching. It might be a new experience if you try it. And the last and final principle is taking an idea to its logical conclusion even if you hate the result. Okay? In other words... I'm going to use two examples. The first one's going to be a secular example. If you believe that our, uh, that the American quote-unquote republic is not free from corruption, yet in the 2020 election, there is videotaped and audio evidence saying otherwise... I know it's difficult to admit that, wait a minute, our government is corrupt as any third world banana republic. You might hate that to the core of your being, but if, if, if the evidence is out there proving that, yes, we are no better than the most corrupt dictatorship or third world banana republic, you gotta you got to acknowledge the truth where it's there, no matter how painful. And on the religious perspective, and this is gonna be like shooting fish in a barrel. For you Vatican II types and you Neo Trad LARPers, if you see the videos of the girls in Leotards waving little banners running up and down the aisles doing that. If you see the Easter Bunny handing out what you consider to be the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, if you see your bishops in cheese heads, clown noses, if your Pope, the Pope that you recognize, is rolling a pagan statue into the Vatican, and you know You've seen the pictures of the Catholic Church prior to Vatican II, and you're not seeing these things, and I guarantee you you're not, because I've yet to run anything remotely like that, but you're unwilling to acknowledge that maybe Vatican II is heretical, despite the... Despite the evidence, uh, I'm sorry. If you are unwilling to admit that Vatican II is heretical, despite the the literal, <laughs> the literal pictorial and recorded books prior to Vatican II, then even if you hate, you hate the fact. That 
um that you you hate the conclusion that the church that you thought was the true Catholic church isn't it's an imposter and it's a fake well part of fidelity to the truth would be it's time to get out and and for, uh, I, I one of the favorite defenses of the neo trad larpers is is they'll run around and say something dumb like well saint paul saint Pope Paul VI said the smoke of Satan's entering into the Vatican. Yeah, we're also talking about the same, the same quote-unquote St. Paul VI who changed, who got rid of the Latin Mass. And that's what he did. He got rid of it. Now, to those of you who are not chock full of cognitive dissonance, if you read the Council of Trent... The Trinidine Latin Mass, and, you know, this, this was signed off by the Pope at the time. Therefore, it's legal and binding. That Mass was never to be abrogated. Now, for those of you with very limited vocabularies, abrogated means never to be changed or replaced. So when he says the smoke of Satan has entered into the Vatican, and by the way, I still cannot remember if it was Montini or Roncalli that was the Mason. I think it was Montini who was the Mason. Now, once again, I, I want to ask you to use your critical thinking skills, if indeed that's possible, Masonry prior to the 1983 false code of canon law promulgated by Watia and um, um, Ratzinger <laughs> um, membership in the Masons was grounds for automatic excommunication. Okay? That was still in effect when he was quote-unquote elected Pope. Okay? So that in and of itself is grounds that he, he is... A, you, can't, you can't be a heretic and a Pope at the same time. You can't. And by the way, I'm not going to do your research for you. His name came up on a list of Masons that were inside the Vatican. If you're interested and, you know, you're not too lazy, you can do the research. You should be able to find it. Okay, so that's, that's it. I hope and pray that you guys get something out of this. I really do. And for my buddy, if you do listen to this, I hope that this lays out what I mean by critical thinking skills. Um, I do, I do care about everyone. I do. 
Salvation is a serious business. It's either eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. There, there is no in between. And I, want to, I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. And I pray for everyone. So, oh, and I, I, on my last episode, I forgot my, my closing message. You take everything with what I said for what it's worth. A lot of you are probably going to blow it off. There's so much whatever. That's fine. You know, um, I can lead you to water. I can't make you drink. So, thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye. today.